0: Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm chatting with dietitian Georgia Houston about the rise of eating disorders in our society and how we can help a generation of confused dieters mend their relationship with food. Here's the final part. Welcome back to the Daily Dollop podcast, everybody. My name is Kate Freeman and I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of the Healthy Eating Hub and the Healthy Eating Clinic, And I'm extremely excited to have a special guest on the podcast, dietitian Georgia Houston. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I want to ask you a bit more now about this idea of disordered eating. And I know just from chatting to people over the years that it's easy to get the two confused. I actually find it hard myself to describe, so I got a definition online (laughs) of it, but so disordered eating sits on this spectrum, right, between normal eating and an eating disorder mm-hmm. and includes some symptoms. How much of of an, a full-blown eating disorder is at the end of this slippery slope of disordered eating? Like is it sort of a progression that people make or, yeah, can you talk a little bit more about just your experience with working with sort of those spectrum of sure. people?
1: yeah. I would say disordered eating is – Like a precursor to an eating disorder. Yeah. um, Where you start to think about food and uh, your body a bit more. Mm. um, And it can involve dieting, restricting your eating. Yeah. Um, So, like restrictive intake is what I would see a lot with my clients. Yeah. Then, if it gets beyond that and it becomes a real deep level of obsession where it impacts your life yes, and impacts your ability to function, that's when it could be classified as an eating disorder. Yeah, And there's criteria for an eating disorder. So there's many types of eating disorders, anorexia, binge eating, bulimia, and there's criteria that your GP or um, psychologist would go through with you. Mm. Um, but I think if it starts to impact your day-to-day functioning, and that could be as simple as you're not going out and eating with your friends anymore. Yes. Um, because you're afraid of not preparing the food or you don't want people seeing you eat. Yeah. That could be when it crosses that line.
0: Yeah. I think from my experience, I I reckon I'm just going to make up a number here. This is fully anecdotal, <laughs> which is I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like to do, but I would hazard a guess that majority of adults have some form of disordered eating. Mm. We had this gentleman actually come through the clinic a couple of months ago who had put himself on a fasting regime that he'd made up himself. And I have a bit of a bugbear with the whole fasting thing. And yes, it does have some research behind it, but I'm seeing more and more extreme regimes come out. Yeah. Anyway, so this guy had made up his own regime of fasting to lose weight. And then after sort of 12 months, he had lost a bit of weight, but he was still had quite a protruded belly. So his fasting got stricter and stricter and stricter until yep. his GP had referred him to us. Anyway, he's doing, in, in the dietitian. they came in after the consult and were just like debriefing with me because it was quite a stressful session. And he has kwashiorkor, which is protein energy malnutrition. And that's why his belly's wow. protruded and swollen like the African children. Wow. And I have shared this on the show before, but I, I think- I would hazard a guess that there are many adults embarking on healthy eating these days mm. that why would they go see a qualified professional when there's so much information online doing these crazy things yeah. and we're trying to tell this guy that he's like, you have protein, energy, malnutrition, like wow. you need to eat. <laughs> and he's in his 50s you know, and not your stereotypical person. You'd be like, you have what I was going to say. disordered eating. Yeah.
1: Female or, yeah.
0: No, or a young woman who's trying to look pretty or skinny, but he is, he's trying to lose weight. He's trying to be healthy and he's fasting worked for him in the past. So surely if I just keep fasting more strictly, it's very concerning. That's concerns crazy. me a lot.
1: The fasting diet. Oh. <laughs>
0: Can you tell me how you feel about that? Is that something that's quite common that you're noticing in clients with fasting?
1: Yeah, and I'm like, what do our bodies do overnight? Like our bodies fast on their own. Yes. We don't need to add to that. (laughs) We're just putting our bodies under a lot of stress. Also, if you're someone that has to fast a few days a week to maintain a healthy weight or to lose weight, what is that saying? Like, Yes, it's it's a pretty um, interesting area
0: of nutrition that's popping up because- Through the Nutrition Society, actually, there's quite a lot of researchers studying like intermittent fasting and people are sort of hailing it as having a good evidence base. Mm -hmm. But I have to keep reminding clients, I was like, it's intermittent fasting. So it's essentially just, there's just short periods of either low calorie, mostly it's just low calorie rather than not eating. But I remember over New Year's, one of those stupid like smoothie diet, you know, those accounts? Yeah. Smoothie diet, cleanse, detox, whatever doing a 28 day fast wow. and I was just like this is crazy yeah
1: from like an eating disorder perspective that just yeah I can't
0: it just rings alarm bells yeah. doesn't it
1: yeah yeah and when do you stop like it just gets worse and worse and worse yeah
0: yeah it's kind of like where do you draw the line between not being able like not eating because mm. I remember saying to a client I was like the whole point of nutrition is getting nutrients into your body yeah so you can't not eat for the rest of your
1: life. Like you do need to eat. Yes. So. I remember when I was at uni, I had a um, part-time job and my boss would fast Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah. And everyone would just stay away. <laughs> so grumpy. Like, That's where you want to be. Yeah. Food brings energy. Food brings like joy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, all right, let's chat just quickly. I want to chat about your, this stat that I read Um around Australian adolescents engaging in dieting are five times more likely to develop an eating disorder than those who do not diet how do we help young people not do a diet (laughs) that's a really big question but I'd love to talk to you about that
1: (laughs) Um, I think it's what they're seeing yeah so I think if they've grown up with their mum on a diet. And I always say when I have mums come in, I'm like, your daughter wants to see you ordering the burger at the pub. She doesn't want to see you eating the chicken salad every day. Yeah. So if we can normalise healthy eating and not make it so gender specific as well. Mm. Also, I think especially young girls, we need to create environments at school where it's okay to eat. Yes. Um, I'm lucky I never saw this when I was at school but there's a real big culture at the moment for people not to be eating in front of each other. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so kids don't want to take recess or lunch. Um, and that's because they're afraid of being judged for what they're eating, how much they're eating, how quickly they're eating. So if we can create environments like that, where it's okay to eat. And one of my proudest things I've done in my business is I have gone back to high schools talking about disordered eating, eating disorders. Yeah. And I am loving that because it's allowing people to come to me if they are starting to notice things in their friends, um, and also just normalizing that it is okay to eat, yeah, and not yeah. Have to
0: think about. Yeah, that makes me so sad that kids would stop eating for fear of judgment. But I mean, it doesn't surprise me because I know that sometimes some schools are struggling because they're really cracking down on the the, the junk food, mm. and there's this whole good and bad. Foods and kids are I
1: hate the word good and bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the kids are being judged for what they're eating. Yeah. Yeah. I remember actually my son he went on the low chemical diet. He has an intolerance to amines. And um so his lunchbox while he was on this diet was like really plain food. So he had pretzels and potato chips and a bunch of other things, like a jam sandwich, etc. And he came home from school and he was this like, my teacher was like is your mom letting you eat those chips? Does your mom know that you have chips in your lunchbox? And he was so upset by it because he was just like, didn't understand why it was bad that he had chips in his lunchbox, because I've never said to him that it's a bad food. The kids need calories and he could hardly eat anything on this really strict low chemical diet while we were doing the elimination phase. And I thought if, yeah, my son- and he was, he got over that, but I thought, yeah, there's the judgment. That's sad. that Then kids are not eating in front of each other. Yeah. Do you think it's getting worse with them getting into high school and stuff? Definitely. Yeah.
1: Um. Definitely. And I don't know how we fix that. No. As, apart from just school being a bit more inclusive in their culture with eating. Yes. Um, yeah. It's almost like
0: we need to just bring the same kind of you know, anti-discrimination stuff that we've done on lots of areas of our culture over the years um, and start to bring it to food because we've almost swung in the opposite direction. Like I remember I did my first nutrition degree 17 years ago, so old. (laughs) Um, But back then we were taught how to motivate someone to not eat party pies and sausage rolls and to eat more veggies. So it was like, you know, these foods... Increase your risk of heart disease. Like it was very scaremongering
1: because that's mm-hmm. just all we knew back then. But even the traffic light system, that has so much
0: oh, to yep. answer for us. Well. Yeah. So it's kind of, we're swinging this polar yeah. opposite direction where there's so much food judgment. We can go from one extreme to the other from, you know, uber unhealthy to like so healthy. We're now unhealthy. Yes. It's just crazy. Yep. It's an interesting space to work in, that's Can't for sure. Win. <laughs> no, it's super tough. Yeah. Do you have anything that you wanted to share to someone listening to the show? We've cracked into the third episode, which is excellent. Oh, wow. So, so good.
1: I can talk about food all day, every day.
0: Love it. Is there anything that you'd like to say if someone's listening and they're feeling like either someone they really love is struggling with an eating disorder or maybe they are struggling? Tell them what to do next.
1: If you're, what I would say, if you are concerned with someone a close friend or family member, start the conversation. Yeah. It takes a lot of balls to go to someone and say, I've, I'm struggling with my own issues. Yeah. So take them somewhere quiet away from other people, sit them down and try and not be judgmental or upset with their reaction. Yeah. I even say if someone's giving you a bad reaction, just you need to try again. If you too are struggling with an eating disorder or disordered eating, or you want to talk to someone about it, Find someone like a close family friend or um, family member or go to your GP mm. or Butterfly Foundation. They have the um, helpline where you can be anonymous. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because it's, I'm in this space every day, but there is nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. So many people of all walks of life come into my clinic. I would have no idea if I saw them on the street that they're struggling with. Yeah. So the biggest thing I think is food is the easiest thing to control when we can't control something. Yeah. So mm. It, it makes sense sometimes. 100%. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then considering our food environment and all the messages, yeah, where it's, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are ticking time bombs really.
1: Yeah. And on that, when I said there's nothing to be ashamed of, getting help was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. I always used to be really scared or what, what happens if I get help and I get fat mm, or yeah. um, I, I get better. What am I going to think about? What am I going to talk about? Because me getting better and me getting help was all like all consuming. Yeah. But there's so much more to life than worrying about food.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And this is coming from a dietitian who yeah. <laughs> has decided to have her career in food. Yeah. But I've, that's something that I've often said too. I'm like, food is not the be all and end all in life. Like no. it's just one tool that helps us do life
1: well, but yeah. move on that and do what makes you happy. Fact, I actually hate cooking do you yeah and like we get hello fresh every night because i'm like i do not want to think about i actually food. noticed
0: that about your instagram yeah. <laughs> and that your partner cooks he
1: cooks i i just so
0: you just you lucked out you not lucked out you got lucky there yeah, at the yeah. end of the
1: day of talking about food i'm like i did not want to look at food yeah but you can make me a nice meal and i'll eat it <laughs> <laughs> and i trust hello fresh yeah if angus cooked i would yeah He's a good cook when he follows Hell of fresh. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's definitely an amazing tool.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time coming on the show. Oh, I really appreciate it. If you want to connect with Georgia, I've popped the link to her website as well as her Instagram and Facebook pages into the show notes. So please hit her up. You're amazing.
1: Oh, thank you. You're for doing great
0: me. work, babe. Like, amazing. <laughs> I've really enjoyed chatting to you. So thank you so
1: much. Thank you for having me.
0: No worries. Well, that is it for this three episode series with Dietitian Georgia Houston. Please connect with her if you feel like you want to ask her more questions about what she can do to help. Otherwise, Have an amazing day, team. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au.